Hello and welcome to this episode of The Square. I'm Poonam Schallenberger and I'm here with Tanya Mada, project designer in our commercial studio. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here today. We're talking about scripting. And I know that coding isn't necessarily a new thing in architecture, but can you help walk me through how we as architects and designers use code and script? Absolutely. Yeah, coding has been around for the longest time, but in architecture, because architecture is a very old um, profession, we are a little like hard to change. Uh, and coding came up like probably five, six years ago, actively on different projects or more than that on different projects. Uh, but what we are doing here is that we are introducing the concept of lean through coding and scripting into the architectural process. So how do you, how do architects use code? Like if Again, I'm not an architect, not a designer. Mm -hmm. Can you walk me through how architects use code and what it does in your day-to-day -day function and job? This is a great great question. So one thing is that sometimes we have a geometry that is hard to model in um, in the software that we use for documentation, right? So then we can use coding to create that geometry and later on document it in our uh, software, let's say Revit. This is one part of it. But then the second one is that the technology today is way different than what we had 10 years ago, right? During our process, coding can help us and makes us more efficient. Uh -huh. As an example, let's say we have a building that has 2,000 doors and one person has to go and tag them one by one and place like each tag exactly where it needs to be in so many different sheets, right? Imagine if I can write a code that in 10 seconds tags all the doors in the project, send them to the door schedule and done. So this is another use of it. And so you're writing the code to do this. Yes. Got it. So you mentioned that this sort of like innovation or this sort of way to use code comes from something called Lean. Can you walk me through how you were inspired by the Lean concept and what it means? Absolutely. So four years ago, I joined the program to get my master's in agile project management. And there I met Lean and I was thinking about like how to bring Agile into architectural process, how to bring Lean into architectural process. I think Lean is more successful in our field. Uh, to give you a What does little... Lean mean? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. What does Lean mean? Yeah. So to give you a little background on what Lean is, the core factory Toyota, they were having so much waste in their production and their process that they <laughs> wouldn't get enough time and energy saved at the end to spend it on design. So what they did, they brought some scientists to lean their project, meaning if a task is not valuable and it's not necessary, let's take it out. If it is either, let's shorten it. If it is both, let's focus on it. So when I heard about it in my program, I was like, okay, this is what we need. And I came back to our process, architectural process, and did exactly the same thing, breaking down the tasks and um, analyzing them based on their value and necessity. So you were you were asking yourself those three questions of is what value does this add? Is this necessary and how useful is it? To then say, how can we find some efficiencies and can I write some code that'll help us right size our efforts? Is that right? Exactly. 
So after the analysis, if the task is not valuable, it's not necessary, I'm like, okay, how can I eliminate it through technology? Right. So can you give me some examples of the ways that you've been using scripting to find these efficiencies and where it's been able to help refocus your time and resources? Um, so to find where we can, um, where we can save time, that's not the coding part. That's the part that you are using just your analysis based on the daily work that you do. But to how to fix it is the part that you use coding. Sure. So, so you mentioned earlier lagging all the doors. Yeah, tagging them, tagging them. Say probably not the most useful or necessary. Well, maybe it is useful and necessary. It is, but is it necessary and valuable if you do it manually? That's the question, right? Yes. So what other things can you start to add some efficiency to with the scripting process? Tons of things. Like I can go on and on and on. So tagging alone, we need to tag every single thing. It's not just door. It's partition walls. It's the exterior walls, the windows. Every single thing that you have in your drawing needs to tag. Dimensioning, centering, and the list goes on and on. So can you give me an example of how you've used this at Corgan? Um, yeah, so we have the scripts and we were going through like education, educating people on how to use them. And we also adapted them into our Revit. So people don't need to go to another program to find them. They literally just like drag and drop and that's it. The process itself of even using it is seamless. It's seamless. It needs to be, Punam, because uh, when you're introducing Lean, you're changing the culture and the mindset. And if and, and the turn has to happen really quick. And for that turn to happen really quick, the product needs to be seamless. So I would think that, so for instance, if you can kind of tag all these doors or if you can kind of configure different parking spots, mm -hmm. that you're then maybe able to test more realistic opportunities or options. You know, people have talked about iterations and kind of being able to come up with all these different options really quickly. Um, I would imagine that then if you're able to find these efficiencies, you're able then to say, well, let's go ahead and chase these more like realistic and human solutions. Is that true? This is the perfect point. This is the perfect point. So the goal of leaning the process was to save time, to be able to produce a product that has a better quality, right? Yeah. So if you have a test suite that can calculate all the parking spot and count them for us automatically, then me as an architect, I can, I can spend more time to go through different iteration, to run analysis on sustainability, to do multiple things instead of sitting there counting things that can be counted by the computer really fast. Yeah, see, you bring up an interesting point. People have talked about technology and things like AI, and I understand that AI is different than what we're talking about here, but the fear is that, well, then are you just automating everything? Are you just having technology do the job of the architect? But it sounds like what you're doing is really able to like free up your resources to add that human element and that component. Is that, can you give me an example of maybe how, when you were able to explore these different options, like sustainability, optimization, and all that, how did you land on a, maybe a better solution through this before? Absolutely. So we're not taking any jobs away. We're not, uh, you know, giving the architects jobs to the computer. A computer can never do that because 
architecture is a perfect combination of mathematical and logic and art. And as much as you train, there is a factor of innovation that you cannot translate, at least now, to a computer. So when I code as an architect, I never give the power and control of the design to the machine. The machine is only counting, doing these kind of things. And then I am having more time and peace of mind to focus on my design, right? And to make it better. As an example, let's say for the test that we have for commercial buildings, right? So um, we, <coughs> excuse me, we previously were doing it, let's say in CAD, right? And I was getting um, um, site boundary and then placing my buildings based on the, the, the what I was thinking is the best design ever, right? And then drawing all the parkings because I wanted to make sure that we can surface park it, right? And counting them one by one. This would take three to four days for me to understand my options, right? Yeah, actually draw all the lines and then count them one by one. Today, the process of going through three different iterations that would take almost like 10 days wow. is being done in an hour right? I'm not only going through three iterations. I'm going through unlimited iterations. I can like go through iterations live and get uh, the outputs. So the task that used to be 10 days, now it's an hour. So I have nine days and seven hours to do other things, such as studying if what I was thinking was, was, was good design is really a good design or no, such as being more, uh, you know, being more thinking, more thinking about sustainability, more thinking about my client, more what it's going to feel like, what these spaces are going to feel like. And exactly. Because yeah, the machine can't feel those spaces for you, right? And so often these conversations usually end at, oh, so it's just more efficient. But really, the, it's not just about efficiency. It's about elevating the design process. And the quality of our buildings. Yeah. So what value have you seen this add to our clients? I mean, it's completely beneficial for our clients because they're getting a better product. Like, period. Because me as an architect, I'm spending more time on improving the quality on their product. And I'm not spending time counting things or tagging things. I'm spending time to make sure in their office buildings, a uh, uh, personnel or an employee is not exactly under glare and is burning during the day. Right. And living next to a window. And window. Hot. Yes. You mentioned that there were so many different ways that we could kind of, or so many different opportunities to identify these efficiencies, that there's several almost an endless number of tasks that an architect or designer might do that could serve as a good place to implement some of okay. these. Are, are there any project types or sectors that, that we work in that are especially ripe for this? I think every single building that is going out from a single family all the way to airport can use it. So some of the scripts that we write, like tagging, Every sector can use that. But the test fit for commercial is is just for commercial. And then the test fit for multifamily is for multifamily. And the test fit for airports is, is aviation is it's in is its own thing. So um 
what is important is that we go with the understanding to analyze the process per studio while keeping the firm in mind. So when I'm analyzing, let's say, commercial studio process and I find a task that can be shortened and can be eliminated, I ask myself, can we use it firm-wide? If the answer is yes, then we are releasing it to the firm. But if, if it's just commercial, then the commercial studio will learn about it. I honestly believe, Ponem, that like the process that we have in architecture now, five years from now, is going to be so different. And all we are doing here is just we're being ready for it and we are trying to, you know, be part of making the future and not just leaving it. Yeah. In the process itself, not just in the, the process design of this building. No. I don't think you can get to the future design of buildings if you're kind of still stuck in doing the day-to-day -day and not reinventing. Yeah, we that. have to go with the flow. Like the tools that we have today, we didn't have them five years ago. Then why our process should be the same? Right. Where do you think this is headed next? What do you think the next thing this could solve is? Or what do you think the next challenge we can solve? Like, where do you think the next challenge for architects? Honestly, I think there is a lot of potential to grow in this field because not necessarily we are the fastest to adapt new technologies. So I am very excited about everything that technology out there can bring into the architecture. Um, hologram, AI, I think the way we are going to be presenting our models or and our designs and ideas to the customers will change dramatically, like it will change really um, in, in a huge way. And also the way we produce um, drawings, I think is going to be really different. Uh, so as an example, we model in 3D, document in 2D, build in 3D. Maybe one day in the future, we model in 3D and build in 3D and don't go back and forth between 3D and 2D. <laughs> uh, but that's, you know, far away from <laughs> for now. But I think I think there's no end to the ima imagining where that can go. It's interesting. I feel like you can't have a conversation about anything without talking about AI, right? Like you can't order ice cream without talking about AI. Yeah. <laughs> Has AI changed this process at all? Yes. Yeah, so as I mentioned, it's not just what we're doing here. It's not just about scripting or coding. It's using and advancing any technology that is out there that is being used in other fields, like let's say medicine or IT or manufacturing. If they are using it and we are not, we're going to go like explore them and see how we can take advantage of it. So yeah. AI, mid-journey, hologram, coding, scripting, anything that is out there that can help. We are open to learn and we are open to explore and we are open to use them. You know, I know that one of the things that we pride ourselves on as a firm is that we're always sort of identifying and, and forging for new technologies and seeing how we can use them, whether they're in our industry or not. Mm -hmm. um, is there any way that we use scripting and, and all these technologies differently at the firm that you've seen maybe your colleagues in the industry? So, Poonam, we, Corgan is a big firm. It's like more than 800 now. Uh, having the technology is one thing. Producing it is one thing. Because there are amazing coders out there. But get a firm to use it is another. And I think that one thing that we're really doing good at Corgan is that at least we are past the stage that people 
by hearing about coding, we say, are you taking my jobs away? Today at Corgan, we have a lot of project managers that are interested and they're using it on projects. And we have a lot of staff that are excited about it. And I don't hear that we talk about this and somebody say, what? You know? So I think um, we're in a really good spot based on the size of the firm on developing the tools and using them. And this is something that I think is, is, is really valuable here at Corgan. What do you think's next? Like what's on the horizon a year from now, a decade from now? A decade? <laughs> Whichever. <laughs> yeah. So pull out your crystal ball. <laughs> so I think that um, we're going to be just like keep pushing this forward and making sure that we are aware anything that is out there that we can use and um, just just being on top of it and making sure that it's not just for a group of six people, it's for 800 people and we're all learning about it. I see in 10 years a very efficient process in which the architects has have the peace of mind and they're happy about the work they do, the type of the work they do, and, uh, you know, just like using technology to make people happier and the products better. I, I really feel that in five years, our process will be more efficient and our projects are going to be having a better quality as well. Yeah, I, I think that's such a good point because in an age where there's always something shinier or a new t- piece of technology, the technology itself doesn't really hold any value unless it's one, implemented, but then two, actually moving the needle, not just for the sake of efficiency and not just for the sake of saying, hey, look, I made this cool hologram or AI invented this like sort of imaginary architecture. But but the point being here that it may not be this like shiny design, but it allows us to get to something that's more human and more meaningful because we're eliminating the redundancies. We're eliminating the parts that maybe aren't necessary to do in such a time intensive way that's the most important thing and it's the true goal because at the end of the day we are doing this for people we are doing this for people that will be building living in our buildings working in our buildings we're doing it for our clients that have a lot of hope on us and also we are doing it for us and for the field of architecture so if there is something out there that can help us to take one step, one positive step towards making people happy, we should do that. And technology is never, uh, you know, the the ultimate goal is just a tool, but the goal is just to have to provide better for the community and provide better for everyone. Well, thank you so much, Tanya, for being with us today. It's so inspiring to hear about what's ahead for architecture and what it means for just better places and better design. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for joining us. We'll see you the next time on The Square.